2: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio, at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong. Jackie
0: Jack. And Joe Getty.
2: Joey Baby! Things are getting weird. And they're getting weird fast. Armstrong and Getty. But
0: I know this. They're loco. And everyone knows it, but the dramatics could come down just a little
4: bit.
1: And now he The 4th of July, I tweeted out something to the effect of what an amazing country this is to live in and work in and find yourself in. And and there tends to be an over-focus on the problems, which is just kind of the nature of humanity. but it's worth reminding yourself every so often that this is still the land of opportunity and, and liberty to a large extent. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it struck me that a couple of different people uh, retweeted a chart that we discussed several weeks ago. Median household income in the United States by ethnic group. And one of the people who retweeted it was Yonmi Park, who is a Korean, North Korean defector. Uh, she has written a couple of books. She has a million YouTube subscribers. She's a big advocate for freedom. And against dictatorship and communism. Um, and she, along with this chart, she tweeted, How can you ever claim that American, the American dream is only for the privileged white people? The facts simply tell us otherwise. The American dream is for anyone who believes in the possibility of this land and dedication to hard work. I am proud to be an American, she writes. God bless you, my sister. Anyway, the chart she's discussing, which again, we brought up earlier, but is worth taking a quick gander at. Uh, median household income by ethnic group in the United States and at the top by a significant uh, amount is Indian Americans. Indian American supremacy. That's what causes that. Which is not shocking. The Indian families I have met, particularly those who are headed up by immigrants, they believe in working 700 hours a yeah. week until you're 80. Then maybe you take a day off. That's yeah. just their philosophy of life.
4: Yeah, I got a neighbor like that and he and his extended family all
1: incredibly successful people working like crazy. Yeah, Judy and I would hang out with these folks and they're lovely people. Um, uh, they, well, they had some bright kids. We had some bright kids. Uh, but their bright kids studied like eight hours a day um, in like fourth grade. <laughs> it <laughs> right? was something to observe. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so Indian Americans are at the top uh, at uh, 100,000 plus. Filipino Americans are in second place. Then Taiwanese Americans, Sri Lankan Americans, Japanese Americans. You notice a trend here? A lot of Asian folks, uh, Malaysian Americans, Chinese Americans, Pakistani Americans, until you finally get down to white Americans who are in, what is that, uh, eighth place? Something like that. Um, at 59.9 a year, median. Um, and these numbers are a couple of years old, but they're relevant nonetheless. Then you got Korean Americans, Indonesian Americans, the average American, all Americans pooled, Thai Americans, Bangladeshi Americans, Nepali Americans, Hispanic, Latino Americans. Then at the bottom of the heap is African Americans. At $35,000 a year, which is, it's a little more than a third of what the Indian Americans are making, but it's, it's significantly less. And the great uh, thinker and writer Peter Boghossian also uh, blasted out this chart. His comment was, imagine believing that the only explanation for this disparity is systemic discrimination against the group on the bottom. Now imagine the vast array of other falsehoods you'd have to convince yourself of for this to make sense. Which is kind of a uh, cerebral point, but a good one. Absolutely. And it reminded me of this editorial in the Wall Street Journal that I thought was just terrific. It was in the wake of the Supreme Court's um, Harvard slash uh, North Carolina uh, decision about affirmative action. And they get a little bit into the political reaction. Democrats en masse are on the attack against the Roberts court, the delegitimization campaign, personal assaults against Justice Alito's integrity, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Senators Ed Markey and Elizabeth Warren want to expand the court to 13 seats, blah, blah, blah. Then they get to the, the gist of it. The U.S.'s polarization over race has indeed become deeply destructive. It's caused lies not in systemic racism, but more in political decisions made 60 years ago. And they go into how, you know, prior to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Republicans were pushing civil rights hard and were integral, uh, strong support for Republican senators for the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It was very much bipartisan. Um, and, and indeed... It's the Democrats in the South who held out the longest in favor of segregation. Anybody with a shred of historical knowledge knows that in the 50s and 60s, Southern Democrats were staunchly against any significant civil rights problems. Particularly,
4: weirdly enough, Lyndon Johnson, who was the master of the Senate and very powerful and made sure nothing could ever see the light of day until he was president and then managed to get it through, which I'm is very confusing to me.
1: Yeah, we've wrestled with that transition a couple of times through the years, trying to figure out, was that a strategy? Did he have a Saul on the road to Damascus moment? Or what? I don't know. I don't think anybody does. Anyway, so it was really a bipartisan thing with a lot of resistance from Democrats. What came next was Lyndon Johnson's Great Society program, the, quote, War on Poverty. In effect, liberal Democrats back then said to Republicans and conservatives, step aside, the running of these programs to help black Americans is something we, northern Democrats, are going to control. You Republicans don't have a role in this. No doubt the Democrats' takeover of anti-poverty programs and their large financial transfers was done in part to keep black voters inside the party's coalition. Of course it is. Still, it's hard to overstate the monopoly control that career Democrats asserted over public policies affecting the lives of black Americans. The rest of the country was reduced to bystanders. From time to time, a Republican like Jack Kemp, uh, Bob Dole's running mate in 96, would try to cross the racial bridge with less centralized policy proposals, and he was rebuffed. What is there to show for this social welfare monopoly? Put plainly, the Democrat stewardship of urban black America, its education, housing and family well-being has been a policy and moral failure. Something I've said for a very long time, as others have. No doubt it was well-intentioned, at least in part. But at past some point, the catastrophe for black family cohesion and education was so embarrassing that by internal democratic consensus, it became virtually a non-subject. One exception would be Bill Clinton in the 90s said, Hey, we got to fix the welfare state. It's ruining black families. And he, uh, he had a v- variety of measures that were actually pretty, pretty successful. B- Bill Clinton, uh, uh, it's always worth mentioning. Way too conservative to run as a Democrat now and borderline too conservative for some Republicans. Right. And then they go into uh, the most disturbing liberal failure is in education. The race-based admissions policies of Harvard, North Carolina, Princeton, and other elite schools are the result of so many black Americans being underprepared by their public schools. Um, It mentions a visit to the editorial board by uh, public college, university presidents. Um, who unapologetically argued to to us that remedial courses in English and math were not only necessary for incoming black freshmen, but should be a requirement for college's accreditation. These university presidents should be on the ramparts for public school reform. Instead, they pulled down the shades and retreated to the salve of their admissions policy. They go into some of the details about the miserable publication, uh, public education in America's cities. You're more than familiar with that. I don't think we need to rehash it. But their point is... The Democrats are desperate to scapegoat the Supreme Court because it's a distraction from the horrifying failure of 60 years of Democrat uh, welfare policy. It's decimated the black family. So that the percentage of black kids born out of wedlock, for instance, pre the 1964 Civil Rights Act, fraction of what it is today, tiny fraction.
4: Right. And it would uh, dang it. It would sure be nice if people would tie those things together. I don't know, but I'm guessing the uh, kids born out of wedlock and a variety of other stats for those groups at the very top of that income list you read us mm-hmm. are quite a bit different than it is for the numbers at the bottom.
1: And oh, I, yeah, wish I came I, across that number the other day. It's like 13% for Asians and, uh, and 72% for black families.
4: And I wish people would, you know, be willing to say, you know, that's got, that plays a role. It's not just white supremacy.
1: Yeah, their answer would be it was white supremacy that created that, but right, that is right, absolutely sure. ignoring and abusing the historical record. It's utterly dishonest to claim that.
4: So what do what do people who believe uh, those numbers are about racism? How do you how do you attribute that list of fifteen different kinds of Asians that are above white people?
1: They'll make some really ugly claims about, yes, Asians have assimilated white supremacy, or it's the model minority myth where the Asians have submitted to the white supremacy to gain a foothold in America, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. It's so ugly. We've mentioned this before, but uh, the great Democrat liberal lion of the welfare state, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, um, who got a lot of this stuff going in the late 60s with uh, Lyndon Johnson, he commissioned a giant study what year was it? It was in the very early 70s I think because back then, and, and, and knock me down with a feather the government officials were curious to see whether the programs were working and so they did a big study of the welfare state and the effects it was having in Moynihan who again was Ted Kennedy-esque in his liberalism, big believer in the social welfare state He got this report and said, hey, this is not working. In fact, it's hurting families. It's destroying families. This is bad. But the electoral stranglehold on black America of the Democratic Party and then black America's dependence on those programs was growing so strong. It was clearly an electoral win that the great champions of the welfare state said, "Eh, never mind, nothing to see here. Unbelievably cynical and millions have suffered for their selfishness and greed. End of rant. Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: getting more capable with refreshed design to better support you as you type and in those moments where you just want to type a ducking word
3: well the keyboard will learn it too
4: so the new apple software so they announced a whole bunch of stuff biggest update to the watch that's ever been made blah 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 we talked about the new face computer headset vr thingy that's $3,500 woof yeah, I read the, the, I read the full review by the Wall Street Journal reporter last night, by the way. So she hadn't used it yet as of yesterday morning when we talked about it. And then she used it at the big seminar and then wrote about it last night. Uh, the one thing that stood out to me is she said it's the best 3D watched some of the movie Avatar in 3D said it's the best 3D experience she'd ever had. She's never mm-hmm. been on board with 3D. She's never thought it's going to catch on. She's always been underwhelmed by 3D and thought that this. Apple headset 3D thing was like wow. So I don't know. Maybe that's the breakthrough there. Although, what am I going to have? Me and my kids all get thirty five hundred dollar headsets so we can watch? I don't know. Um, anyway, so the fact that they're going to fix the autocorrect so that you can—it's about ducking time. I think we all know huh. what that's about. I don't understand why the autocorrect took has taken such a step backwards with all this talk about artificial intelligence. Here's the weird one that I don't get. All the time, I voice text into my, uh, you know, my phone, and and I can see the words come out, and they come out correctly. Then it changes it to something wrong. Right. That that makes zero sense to me. So you understood me properly. You understood I'm going to the bathroom. I'll be right back. But then you change it to I'm going to buy a giant cat. Why?
1: Yeah, you might as well ask your dog about daylight saving time as ask me about how this works or doesn't work. But you're right. I think we've all had that same experience. Well, go back. And then you hit send because you saw, you know, dictating correctly and you hit send and then you sent nonsense. Right. Well, go back to what it was before. That's what I don't get. No, I don't know. I claimed I don't know anything about
4: coding or anything like that. But anybody who's used an Apple product can tell it was better before.
1: So go back to the way it was before. Tim yeah, Cook, think, or whatever your name is? Uh, uh, Tim Cook. Engineers are in love with engineering, uh, and they feel like it's progress, and they're proud of what they did. No, it's and clearly, they do use it like normal people. It's clearly
4: worse now than it was before the last update. The Apple people, if you're listening, it's clearly worse, without a doubt. Um Oh, we got this text. So we were talking earlier in the hour, this article I came across about how they think some of the demand for therapy that is overwhelming the therapy system in America right now is so many people don't have human connections that it's making us nuts. And we're getting a human connection through a
1: therapist. Wow. So we're looking for a friend.
4: Basically, we're buying a close friend that we can talk to in person when we might have close friends we could talk to in person. We just don't we just text with them or don't ever get together. I th- I think that's really interesting. And then also another article that I came across on uh, how the whole therapy thing has just started to is just permeated society to the point now that we feel uh you know any tragic thing that happens in your life, death of a loved one, losing a job, divorce, you name it. Requires therapy, wherefore, you know, all of mankind, people somehow got through these on their own, and everybody wasn't a miserable wreck, having gone through the tragedies that happened to everybody without professional therapy.
1: You know, granted, there have been horrible things that have happened in schools, some of which are, you know, unspeakably terrible, but I'm struck by how often have you heard when something bad happens at an office or a school or whatever, counselors will be on
4: hand. Yeah, right.
1: As opposed to people will huddle with their friends and hug and put a uh, helping arm around and talk it through.
4: Oh, we got this text. I'm no scientist. Sir. Well, we got a number of texts from people say, yeah, th- I think her- therapy has helped me or my sister. Got a bunch sure. of texts from people who say, I've done it for years and I don't think it's done me any good. I'm, I'm not claiming that it's useless. I think we're overusing it or over-relying on it. I definitely believe that. Uh, we got this. I'm no scientist or psychologist, but it seems to me that most people do have the inner strength to mentally and emotionally overcome traumatic events. They had to. Otherwise, I think we would have gone extinct a long, long time ago. I would agree with that. Are we saying every generation prior to us, our parents, our grandparents, their parents, were all just completely emotionally messed up from whatever happened in their lives cuz something happens in everybody's life all the people from coming out of the great depression were horribly damaged and because they didn't have therapy cuz practically nobody probably got therapy for that uh they were horribly damaged people
1: or, or is, is the is the unspoken perception that uh People back in the day, they didn't feel things like we do now. They didn't have the pressures and the stresses and the anxiety that we do in the modern world, which is, you know, often the conceit of modern people. Those people 100 years ago were so stupid. I don't, oh, a- I don't gosh.
4: actually have the answer for this, but I think it's a hell of an interesting question. I mean, back in the day, it was common to lose a child. Common. More common than not. Uh, they didn't get any therapy somehow survived it and weren't, you know, abusive or incapable of working or any of the other things.
1: I don't know. Right. Partly because they had people around them who had shared experiences, similar experiences. And ah. a, a personal network as well. Maybe that's you, it. You couldn't avoid a personal network of friends and family around you for most of human history.
4: Yeah, you wouldn't have survived well, without it. Well, right.
1: Yeah, exactly. Huh. And now we've designed a system where we pretend we're in touch with people.
4: And then hire somebody to talk to about our real problems, I guess. Exactly. Quick question for you. What if you happen to miss this unbelievable radio program?
1: The answer is easy, friends. Just download our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the broadcast show, available anytime, any day. Every single podcast platform known to man.
4: Download it now. Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
2: at purdueglobal.edu
1: Now, broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington
0: Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty
1: celebrating 25 years of radio excellence.
0: The
2: Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm saying the most
3: basic thing men are men women are women there are two sexes and you cannot change your sex i mean it's it's something we learn in fifth grade biology yet you have people with phds professors who are teaching the total opposite and if you don't teach the opposite and you are are adhering to the fact that there are only male and female you could lose your job i mean it's crazy the direction this is going
1: that's Riley Gaines, the woman swimmer who's been getting so much attention. After having to put up with a grown man swim against her in the pool and dominate the proceedings, change in the locker room in front of her, fully intact six foot four male who just claimed he was a woman, uh, even though he was claim, plainly a man, uh, talking about how people with PhDs are teaching children things which are patently untrue. Um, another example of that. Kids ain't uh, this, bu- a
4: lot of kids ain't buying it either. It's, it's interesting. Good. Young so kids. Glad. I have personal experience. Young kids are just saying, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting.
1: Here is one Stacey Robustelli of New Jersey. She's the head of an organization called High Tops, which is an LG alphabet uh, organization, which is lobbying hard to get radical queer theory taught in schools to as young kids as is possible. This is video. She posted herself to the Internet for her followers, explaining how important it is to get them young. We'll start with 80, Michael.
0: Most critical time to be there is grades five through eight, because you want to catch kids when they're starting puberty, because that's the time in which identity formation is central to their lives. However, early intervention is key. So we actually are designing a kindergarten through grade two curriculum this summer.
1: Uh, Go ahead. Roll on.
0: And I will tell you, one of the most rewarding experiences, Nikki, uh, we were in a local school system in an elementary school, and uh, we were in grades three, four, and five. And after we were there, um, five students went to the principal's office and came out. So we are really intentionally going into younger and younger grade.
4: God, you are a crazy person. Kindergarten through grade two.
1: What are you telling a kindergartner about this? Teaching them the gender-bred person. How, how, you, uh, how your body looks is different from how your mind and your soul is. And you might be a different uh, gender than, yeah. than your body says you are. Way to make normal kids crazy. Yeah, exactly. Did this story very late in the show yesterday that Planned Parenthood is transitioning teenagers after a brief 30-minute chat with a nurse practitioner. They have specific examples, including lots of kids with special needs, autism, the rest of it. They give the example of this kid just turned 18. His family's been struggling with this. He's on the waiting list for a clinic that has a long, months-long process of counseling and screening and psychological assessments and that sort of thing. But they were on a year-long waiting list, and mom and dad left town, and so their kid, just after he turned 18, went down to the planned parenthood, half an hour later he was in the cvs getting his estrogen and beginning his transition to womanhood as a confused autistic boy with multiple mental health issues and they document how planned parenthoods all over the country are doing this yes that's right the great champions of abortion have now moved into transitioning children giving them a, a unreversible sex characteristic modifications because these troubled adolescents just ask. So It is shocking.
4: I want to throw this out just because we get this uh, pushback on the text line all the time that we uh, the idiots that we are that we don't understand the difference between gender and sex. So you know, those are two different things. So these people ha! You know, you decide or feel like you're different than what your body parts are. But what what difference does that make to, for instance, the sports thing? Or whether or not you have, to have body parts removed? I and don't understand why I, that would make any
1: difference whatsoever. The reason I chuckled is that this is yet another example of the folks on the radical, whether it's the neo-Marxists or similar, trying to change language, trying to smear, trying to equivocate As if gender and sex are the same thing, and so if you say gender transition, that's not sex change, even though, yes, it is sex change, uh, I don't use the term gender at all.
4: There's no need to. But even if I were going to buy in that argument, I don't see how it fits in with the sports thing.
1: Well, because then they would say, well, yeah, the gender you choose is the gender you are. There's There's no real biological difference between men and women. As Riley Gaines was pointing out, they go that far because they know a certain percentage of the population. If you express that to them confidently and kind of angrily, 30, 40, 50, 60 percent of the population will say, okay, I'm sorry, okay, there's no difference between men and women. They will sheepishly go along with it. Worth pointing out that this article we quoted yesterday about Planned Parenthood includes a number of people who have run pediatric gender clinics. They're, they are okay with the whole, yeah, sometimes kids need to have a sex change. They're okay with it. And they say, my God, Planned Parenthood is doing this after a brief 30 second, 30 minute chat with a nurse practitioner. That's horrific. So even people who are way down the line from me ideologically uh, on this stuff are, are are shocked and horrified by this. Just so you know what's going on with Planned Parenthood. Got I just, this I, note. Don't,
4: I don't spend yeah. near as much time reading about this or looking into this stuff as you do because <laughs> I just mm-hmm. think it's eh. Ah. I just yeah uh, keep it at arm's length mostly. But I just, uh, well okay, so then back to the you don't understand the difference between gender and sex. Okay, so even if I'm going to buy your argument on that sort of stuff, why would you get body parts removed? Ar- aren't you arguing that? Some women have penises and testicles, so then let so then keep them. You well,
1: I mean you were born this way? Why would you want them, parts of your body ever cut off? Oh yeah, the the whole thing does not stand up to the least logical analysis. It's full of self contradictions and a complete lack of any sort of data to support its assertions. It's it is a cult. And it relies on the same dynamics as cults. You state a quote-unquote truth so confidently, and then you state that anybody who goes against that truth is a hater and a mean person. Uh, As uh, Chairman Mao was an expert in this stuff. He had uh, what he called black identities and red identities, Uh, bad guys and good guys. And especially if you can get kids to say, oh my gosh, you and your parents think this? You're the bad people. You're the bad people. You're the bad people! And you got to picture a seven-year-old getting that and then being told, on the other hand, if you think this and say this, you're the good people. Right. And when they say, okay, there's no such thing as men and women, and you give them a warm hug. And I'm not, t- I'm not talking metaphorically here when you're talking about the kids. Literally, you give them a warm hug and you tell them, oh, I'm so glad now you're one of the good people. And if, if your parents are still the bad people, you don't have to tell them that you're one of the good people now. That's, and this is why I'm so into this. This is literally happening in America's government schools. And some of the private schools, too. And it's horrifying. Got this note that I thought was dryly funny from uh, Folsom Matt. Now, what if my little 13-year-old boy wants to become more manly? Will Planned Parenthood give him testosterone and get him super jacked? Or do they only support the other direction? Hmm. Sex change so i thought this was so good from uh does she sign this uh, uh katie in los angeles she spelled out los angeles because i don't appreciate abbreviations but i did say <laughs> wow. la is fine for los angeles that's fine uh new listener she says discovered podcast a couple of months ago now i'm totally addicted that's that's right. sweet so so happy to have Woo-hoo! you along Thank another you. new listener we should have a sounder for new listeners that's fantastic Um, and, and sometimes she says, I wish I could be there with you to delve into this stuff more, especially when you discuss the whole gender bending madness. I have a PhD in neuroscience from UCLA working with people whose life work is to study this stuff. Biological sex has real ramifications in health. Trans women are women. Trans women are women. There are tons of ways men and women differ in disease vulnerability and how they process drugs. Mm. For years, drug companies were allowed to test new drugs only on men and then just adjust adjust the dose for women. Can you imagine the opposite? It's terrible. It took over 20 years of fighting to get the FDA to finally require drug companies to include women in all clinical trials because women and men process medications differently. That's interesting. Anybody who's ever, you know, had alcohol with women uh, knows if you have a 175-pound woman and a 175-pound man, they will metabolize alcohol completely differently because of inherent biological differences between the sex. Sex is just a social construct. That's all it is. These people are cultists, and they're crazy, and they're wrong.
4: Now, if you get your breasts removed and have a penis crafted out of your arm skin,
1: like that guy we were talking about the other day, does that change the way your body reacts to drugs, or do you still react to drugs like a woman? I'm guessing you got the same liver, same pancreas, same everything. No, you're still a woman or a man. I can't remember which way we're going on this.
4: Even with the ASP, the arm skin <laughs> penis.
1: No, you are, you are the sex that you are. You can have... A uh, sex trait modification surgery, if you want, or take hormones, but that doesn't change what you are. Anyway, moving along. uh, Telling people there is no difference or that the differences are due to the patriarchy is putting people's health in jeopardy at the very least. There are truckloads of science about known biological differences between men and women, including this extensive review by Dr. Eric Villain of UCLA, which summarizes a lot of the differences, and I beg you to leaf through it. You'll be amazed and delighted by all the knowledge. I did actually leaf through it very quickly before the show today, and uh, I will just say that it absolutely Substantiates her point. Chemically speaking, neurologically speaking, in virtually every system in the body, is different because of biological sex. A couple of cool nuggets you may or may not know. The Y chromosome is what determines biological sex. During development, the sexual organs can go either way. If you have a Y chromosome starting at six to eight weeks in development, testosterone starts being secreted, you become a male and develop testes. If no Y chromosome, -X X, no hormones are secreted and the organs develop into the female. This means the male brain body is bathed in testosterone starting in the womb. So even if a male takes blockers before puberty, they are already completely masculine. The XX and XY chromosomes are in each and every cell of a person's body and do not change no matter what hormones you take and when and affect many different cellular processes, including how we process med- medications. Just because someone identifies as something else doesn't change their sex. Keep fighting the good fight. Interesting. So it's, it's not only cultish and, and idiotic, but it's dangerous. And again, the idea of neo-Marxism is what I was describing Chairman Mao does. You get kids, you convince them there are bad people, there are good people. You need to believe this to be one of the good people. All right, now that you're one of the good people, here's what you also need to believe. Here's what we need to overthrow. Here are the bad people. We need to take them down. And in the case of Communist China, you need to drag your parents and teachers into the street, and we will beat them bloody.
2: quick
4: question for you. What if you happen to miss this unbelievable radio program?
1: The answer is easy, friends. Just download our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the broadcast show available anytime, any day. Every single podcast platform known to man. Download it
4: now. Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
0: Armstrong and Getty
2: at purdueglobal.edu.
1: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, A couple of uh, interesting uh, stories about uh, brains and intelligence and that sort of thing. Uh, Number one, scientists have been aware for some time that um the human brain peaked in size 3 to 5000 years ago they think the the uh, you know the volume of our brains increased fourfold over the course of like 2 million years as humans evolved um but then it peaked several thousand years ago and they've never really been sure why uh we've lost about 10% of, of brain volume since, like, the Old, Old Testament times. It's about the size of a lime-less brain in our heads. And there have been all sorts of theories about nutrition or agriculture or or whatever, but now there's a pretty solid agreement among uh, biologists, anthropologists. It's that when you live in a group, as opposed to a hunter-gatherer society... The more you live as a group, the less you have to remember and in effect, the less you have to know you don't need to know how to build a shelter, start a fire, find the beasts, repair a wound, sew the clothes you had you were a one person or a couple of person jack of all trades as a human being for many, many millions of years or, or certainly a few million hundreds of thousands. Whereas now we have so many uh, associations with other humans, and now technology, we don't need that much brain volume anymore. Isn't that crazy? So, are our brains going to continue to shrink down
4: to uh, just a little? Basically, all that's left of our brain is let me Google that. When you (laughs) have to figure.
1: I don't. I don't know how. Why are you asking me? My brain's so damn small now. I I can't think through something like that. I don't remember how to tie my shoe that I did yesterday, so I'll Google it because my my brain is so small I can't
4: <laughs> hang on to this information.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so anyway, there are more details to this. We'll post it at armstrongandgetty.com dot com so you can read more if you like. But I just thought that was uh, that was crazy. Makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. But
4: so kind of a similar ish area of conversation. I was reading a, uh, a Max Tegmark book yesterday. He's the guy that writes about AI and a whole bunch of different things. But he had this book I was reading, uh, Our Mathematical University, and he points out that this guy Aristosthenes, um, 2,200 years ago, very accurately figured out the circumference of the Earth, and he explains how he did it with uh, the sun and the angles and how far it was from his town to the next town, and how the sun was however many degrees further, and so if you extrapolate that, and he's just making the point that, you know, that brain power existed 2,200
1: years ago. And and more. The guy was probably smarter than anybody, uh, you know, well, he had a bigger brain anyway. But uh just always the, the idea that, you know, than were, anybody s- modern, I, I've, I've, J- Joe Biden, like failed to make that sentence clear that, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, people had or were perfectly smart and, and
4: had just the same wonders about life. Why am I here? What's that in the sky? What's the point of all this? Why do I have to get up and go to work? Oh, my God, my yeah. kid died. Why did that happen? You
1: know, that sort of thing it, the same way as we do now. I'm afraid we're not going to be able to get to this absolutely wonderful and hilarious prank a listener played, uh, but we uh, we will, I promise, in the next half hour or so. Uh, but I've uh, it's always been helpful to me as I think about intelligence and and wisdom and experience and that sort of thing to think about you know the intelligence your raw. You know, computing ability to be like the, the chip in a computer. How fast is it? How efficient is it? Uh, whereas experience is a lot like, more like memory or your hard drive. You have more and more facts and experiences to call on. So even if your computer chip isn't as fast anymore or isn't as great as somebody else's, you can still arrive at really, really good places. Um, that guy, Aristosthenes or whatever his name is, um, he obviously had a, a mind-blowingly effective processor, but because you know science and human knowledge was not nearly as far along, he couldn't quite get to the same places. By the way, that
4: is, what, almost 2,000 years before Columbus? For that whole Columbus proved the world
1: was round. All right from our friends at hello fresh love this season giving and gathering but you can give gather and save thanks to hello fresh fresh recipes delivered to you that are cheaper than takeout and delicious
4: one of the best things that happened to me in 2023 was really getting hip to hello fresh and starting to use it on a regular basis i've whipped up dishes and food and meals that are so much better than i'm capable of because of the help of hello
1: fresh. and everybody's busy right so you're not going to spend your time in in checkout lines at the grocery store because all the Preportioned ingredients are delivered to you and that saves money on excess food.
4: Over 45 recipes weekly, over 100 seasonal add-on items to choose from every single week.
1: Just choose your recipes, select a delivery date, and relax. Join HelloFresh today, get free breakfast for life with the code Free at HelloFresh.com ArmstrongFree. That's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. Again, that's code ArmstrongFree at HelloFresh.com ArmstrongFree for free breakfast for life. One more time, that website, HelloFresh.com Armstrong free. Armstrong.
2: elevated.